0: I tell them, welcome to the gray
1: area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave.
0: Now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about.
1: How you keep reality in check, just keep it real, rapid, don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. The Los Angeles Lakers have a deep and rich history of players dating back nearly six decades of championships, Hall of Fame performances, hell, even the NBA logo. The Lakers are the NBA. And for this episode on the gray area, I'm going to discuss alongside a special guest, our all-time Laker, starting five plus three-man bench rotation, and a head coach. So we're not just giving you five. We're giving you a bench, and we're giving you who we think are the Lakers' all-time greatest head coach. So without further ado, the guest, the man who brought you the original all-hood pass team, my brother, Mason Bowers. Welcome back to the gray area, bro. Feels good to be back,
0: man. Feels good to be back. It's good. It's We did, man. It's to
1: Uh, You know what, for my new listeners, be clear, the only reason there is a gray area or me in this podcast realm was because of the homie Mace and I having hours of basketball talk. Literally, I gave away content just sitting at work with this guy, talking ball from year to year to year, era to era, styles of play to styles of play. A lot of things that you're hearing talking heads talk about right now, we spoke about 10 years ago. So Mace, I had to pump it up, bro. Welcome back, bro. What's good with it? Hey man, I, I'm happy to be back. You know, I
0: appreciate the love that you shown, but it's a difference between ideas and making it happen. And the gray area
1: is one of the best cards in the game and you making it happen, brother. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate those flowers. We out here giving flowers on the gray area. You already know the vibe. Hey man,
0: it's twenty twenty. You got to.
1: So real quick before we get into the starting lineup, bro, just just give me your perspective of this past NBA season with, with the Lakers coming back on top after a long slog of, of of lotteries and then of course losing Kobe this season. What was your point of view of this championship season?
0: Well, going into the season, you know, I, I, I felt over the favorites. You know, I looked at the at the field, Five. and we had we had LeBron and Anthony Davis, and at the end of the day, Tyler wins out. That's a fact. I ne- I'm never scared of a team with Paul George on it, so the Clippers <laughs> never made any, you know, the Clippers never did anything as far as scaring me. And as far as any other team, you know, the Rockets, James Harden, you know, I'm a fan of James Harden. I'm not as hard on them as the rest of them, as, as, you know, the general public is, but, you know, it seemed with LeBron and AD, how are you going to beat that, man? That's a fact. You need, you need that Warriors team that's been dominating the league the last few years and to... to
1: trying to mess with this scene that we got going. But as it far the season... Hold on, before normal. you continue. Isn't it funny that, because I know you watched the narratives, like what, like how did you feel about essentially all of these talking heads picking against the Lakers and saying that they were in trouble against Portland, in trouble against the Rockets, possibly in trouble against the Nuggets? What was your point of view with that?
0: Well, you know, I look at it as you got to kind of build a little system. Uh, suspense for the season. Okay. I feel like, you know, for the last few seasons, we've had, you know, a predictable outcome. We yeah. Coming into the season, we knew the Warriors were the favorites. Even the season that they just lost, you know, with all of the injuries that they had against the Raptors. But I feel like, you know, even though they were the clear favorites, LeBron, you know, he's been dominated for how long in AD. You know, a lot of people thinking that he's, you know, the next My league until he got to the Lakers. Right, weirdly enough. So you know, I feel like you know we have to have you know you know we gotta have good television. You know we gotta (laughs) fill airspace. We gotta fill spot time. So why not you know pick against the in my mind clear favorites going into the season
1: wow shout out to media pro mace you like like bro like the fact that you understand the game you don't get worked up you you don't you don't go for the banana in the tailpipe you understood that there was 24 hours of media coverage that they had to fill and if it means pissing off laker fans to get some clicks then so be it but um, I agree with you. Hell of a run. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that my team is back on top. It was it was a tough slog. It was tough to see guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball go because I thought we could have had a bright future with them. I'm glad that after, again, mentioning losing Kobe, that the season ended with the championship, I'm glad Rob Polinka got vilified. Not vilified, verified. And in, in, got verified after being vilified with everything that happened with Magic Johnson. So this is a beautiful feeling. You know, my only disappointment is is that we couldn't do it in Staples. We couldn't have that crowd, that that playoff energy that's been missing inside of Staples, the basketball mecca. But I'm happy, bro. I had to ask you because we haven't really got a chance to really chop it up about the Lakers in a good little minute. So I needed to get your thoughts. But enough about that. The people are not here for that. They they here for our all-time Lakers starting five. So I'm going to break down the parameters for our listeners so they know what they're getting themselves into. We already know that the Lakers have... A lot of they have their own Mount Rushmore, right? But the whole idea is instead of just giving you names and, and, and the, the commercial names that you know about, what we're gonna do instead is we're gonna pick some of these legends and we're gonna pick who we feel would be the best version of themselves from a specific season for our all time Lakers starting five. So Mace being that yet a guest here, right? I'm gonna let you bat lead off at the point guard position. Who do you have? In your all-time Lakers starting lineup, now
0: Joel, I gotta say this is this is you know a lot of pressure having the first pick here at the point guard, especially <laughs> in such an esteemed franchise, maybe the best franchise in sports. But who am I to say? So at the point guard, I'm gonna go with the controversial decision.
1: Oh yeah. boy! Oh yeah. oh yeah!
0: So I'll give the caveat that we all know Magic Johnson. Greatest point guard ever. Three MVPs, three finals MVPs, flawless resume. Talk about it. One of the greatest players ever. Top five, top ten, depends on who you tell him, but you know he's one of the greatest. But with my point guard, I'm going to have to go with 2020 LeBron James. Wow. The man who just won us a championship. The man who should have won MVP. The man who won finals
1: MVP. That is the a bold
0: pick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm that's what I'm going with. as my point
1: guard. That's how you set the tone, Mace. Wow. I, yo, you you took you you, you took me off my heels there, bro. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: You know, we're going with the best team here. We're going with the with, with who we think would put together the best team and I got to say as much as I love Magic as much as we know about his resume, I just think that LeBron James at the point guard is the best possible player that I can put.
1: Well, I'm well, I'm sorry that I'm going to have to swoop in and be a little generic, but maybe not so much. I, I obviously I have Magic Johnson as my point guard, but I have the 84-85 season Magic. Now, he he didn't win an MVP that year, but if you look at the numbers, he was his most efficient version of himself in that redemption 84 85 season shot 56 percent from the field i believe he averaged about 18 12 and 6 and and he was apex magic there were other years where he scored more but he didn't shoot as well so for me 84 85 magic with the chip on his shoulder wanting to see boston again and 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 getting over the boston massacre on the way to a championship give me 84 85 magic johnson Hey, I'm not mad at it. At the end of the day, with all Lakers, right? You already know the vibe, of course. You know, the, the greatest franchise in NBA history. I got to keep, I'm going to keep repeating that because I feel like Celtic fans don't understand. We are number one now. All right, so I'm oh, going yeah, to, go ahead. Oh, I
0: was going to say, oh yeah, the Celtics aren't even on the radar, you know. they Yeesh. All of their championships were won. And, you know, who remembers those years? You know? <laughs> Much respect to the great Bill Russell.
1: I mean, much respect, but come on. Who are you beating? So, I'm going to take the shooting guard position. Um, Again, these are obvious picks, but the specific season are the caveats of this starting lineup. So, for me, Kobe Bryant has a lot of notable NBA seasons. As much as talking heads try to push him down the all-time great list. As you heard when I did the uh, interview with coach Womack and then I had Anthony come in to do goat talk, we we decided that Kobe was the goat. I'm I think I'm an, I think I'm in a position in my life now where I'm just going to say it to people and they can just disagree and be upset. I believe Kobe is the goat. Period. So, in, in his career, you had seasons like the 01, the 2000-2001 season the uh the 0203 season the legendary 0506 season the uh the follow-up the the sequel 0607 and the mvp 0708 but there's one season in particular that does not get it's just due and if once again i'm gonna lean with the numbers it was a good balance of efficient kobe and dominant kobe and the season ended with the championship and that is the 0809 version of kobe bryant Generally speaking, the 0809 Lakers do not get their flowers. That is one of the greatest teams of all time. When you go and you look at it, the, they won 65 games in the regular season. They they won a championship and they closed out the championship in firm fashion in five games. And I think there's a, a scale called the Elo scale, which ranks the greatest teams by way of numbers. I think they at one point when I saw that scale, they were in the top 10 for greatest teams of all time via the Elo scale. So for me. 08-09 Cole I feel like he at that point was when we had saw the first version of Kobe who had mastered the game but still had some athleticism to truly dominate the game and pick spots where you you literally couldn't do anything with him shout out to Jr. Smith so that's my pick 08-09 Cole that's a solid choice
0: that's the first season you won finals MVP coming right off of an Olympic gold medal let's not forget about that talk about it I'm not mad at that choice, y'all. I think uh, while we have the same player, the the great, the late great Kobe Bryant, that even feels strange yeah. to say here in November, I'm I'm gonna have to choose a different season for
1: you. Okay,
0: I'm gonna have to go with the 2002-2003 season. We're gonna go with Kobe in yeah, 0-3. Uh, I believe that season he averaged when he rounded up about thirty points. Seven boards, six assists, with Shaq still on the team, averaging about 27 himself. That was the season where he came in. Shaq was injured from the previous season. He was putting up triple triple doubles left and right. Shaq came back. We were still having a rough season in the beginning, but he went on our 40-point street. legendary at this point. I think everybody knows about that nine-game 40-point street. Uh, surpassed Michael Jordan was only only second to Will Chamberlain in 40 point games. I'm gonna have to go with that season, not only because of the numbers he put up, not only because he put on some muscle that season and his athleticism was off the charts, almost LeBron like in his prime but I'm gonna have to go with that season for the pure fact that his jumper particularly his three point shot was it's most lethal. He shot about 38% that season He uh, set the record, hit about 12 threes in the uh, January game, January 03 game Mm -hmm. against Seattle. I mean, he was the last season. Uh, His customary first-team All-NBA, first-team All-Defense. His counter-season's where he did that. A third in MVP voting behind uh, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. And he was robbed. Let's
1: call it what it was. Oh,
0: of course, of course, of course, but... There are plenty of seasons where he was robbed,
1: including that 08-09 season that you just mentioned. Absolutely, right. he wasn't the best player on the best team. Yada yada yada. You know how it goes. I mean, you know, <laughs> the the.
0: It seems like the parameters change every year, but I know that a player that defined his generation having one MVP is just
1: ridiculous. A little off,
0: a little off putting to me. Like,
1: that, but yeah, I'm gonna you know
0: go what? with that '02 3 season mm-hmm. from Kobe Bryant.
1: I like that Uh, you said define the generation. I don't think I've heard anyone place Kobe that way, not even myself. He definitely defined the generation. Like when I look at how basketball players now, especially on a wing, have a more, more of a drive to have a complete game, to have everything. I think that's remnants of Kobe. Because remember when we were younger, it was a lot of slashers who couldn't shoot the three. So a lot of times they ran into problems in the playoffs because they couldn't stretch the floor with defenses got hit to their game. So Kobe was one of those first guys who decided, you know what? I'm going to have everything. There's nothing you could take away from me. I'm going to find a way to dominate. And I look at these young wings now in the league, and I'm like, these are all Kobe zealots. That's what I call them, Kobe zealots. Kobe understudies, and they find different ways. Like, a guy like Devin Booker is a perfect example of a guy who's like, you know what? I'm gonna have everything. There's nothing you can do with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, these young wings, I love to see it, bro, because if the media won't give him his credit... (laughs) The game of basketball, night in and night out, gives Kobe his credit as as a, as seeing these guards <clears throat> find different ways. Even Kevin, not Kevin, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, these types of players—they're all understudies of Kobe.
0: Absolutely, and you know I'm glad you referenced what you did because often you know, in retirement and, and in his death, people kind of narrow Cody's influence to just the Mamba mentality and the way he approached the game and his willingness to take the last shot. But when you talk about the game, actually, the fact that just like you say, not only a wing player, but a big wing player, 6'6", listed at 6'7", for the early part of his career. That's right. Had everything to this game. Three-level player to get to the basket. Mid-range game, maybe one of the best ever, depends on who's asking game extended not only to the three-point line, but even Steph Curry range when he was high. People don't mention that, but he was one of the first wing players who was able to, just like you say, his handle was elite, his shot was elite, his post-game was elite, defense elite, and even players from his own era, players like Tracy McGrady, players like Paul Pierce, pointed to Kobe as an influence mm-hmm. over how they molded their game. So just like you say, you mentioned that Devin Bookie, you mentioned a KD players who's who's who Kobe's influence is clear on. But even players from his own era were looking at him as the guy who they needed to the kind of follow his lead.
1: And then and then when you have guys or people in the media like Nick Wright who try to push that down, it's like, fam, like you you like I. It, it's beyond me that. Media and people who don't like Kobe or NBA fans who don't like Kobe try to discredit his peers. These players played the game. So imagine you telling this guy who stood next to Kobe... That you don't know what you're talking about because the calculator says something differently. That I, I'll never understand. That like I'm not gonna go to a painter and tell him he doesn't know how to paint because the, the 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 layout, the blueprint that I saw on the internet said this is better than the the professional painter who's painted hundreds of houses. At the end of the day, if he's a great painter and his peers say he's a great painter, arguably the greatest painter, that that weighs more than any article written by some person who never played the sport. That's that's just what I feel like in my heart when it comes to cold.
0: You know, a lot of people's tunes changed once he's passed, but, you know, the proof is in the pudding. you can go to YouTube, you can go to articles. A lot of people, you know, I don't want to say made their career, but definitely pushed the angle of Kobe being an inefficient player, being a teammate who guys didn't like. You mentioned Nick Wright, you can mention (laughs) Bill Simmons. We all know about Jason Wicklock and his clownery. But you're right, you know, you can't erase his influence, you can't erase what he did to the game. And, and at the end of the day, the impact that his death made and his daughter and the other people on that helicopter let's not forget about that. Fact. The, the world stopped, and that doesn't happen for a lot of people, That's you a know fact. what I mean? So, we, we, we all know what it is with, when it comes to Kobe. Sadly enough, just like you mentioned earlier. We need to give people their flowers while they're here. Man. It's a, you know, you—it's it, it, a dirty game, and you don't—you don't, you don't want to have to make up for everything you said in a tragic situation. You know? Facts.
1: You know, you and I, we could talk about Kobe for hours. That's not why they're here. I'm sorry, listeners, but we had to get that off. It is what it is. Y'all had to know once Kobe came up, we was going to go left for a second. So don't, don't, don't. They can it.
0: always check out that Kobe episode that's on here that they, that's, but you that's already not knows. Long, Mamba
1: Infinite, bro. Good times. Good times. You know, I, I always share. There'll be another version of that next year on Kobe Day. Get ready for that. But Mace, the small forward position, who do you have in your all-time Lakers starting five?
0: Now, for the small forward, I could have gone a couple places. Mm -hmm. You know, James Worthy, the legend, you know, Big Game James, 1988 MVP, Finals MVP, legendary game Seven, triple-double, you know. But I, myself, I'm going to go with Metal World Peace, formerly known as Ronald Tess, 2010 champion, hit the clutch shot. I'm going to go with him, not the most efficient player, you know, not the biggest offensive threat, but we know what he brings on the defensive end. We know he rides for his teammates. And also what I'm looking for right now, I need an enforcer on okay. the starting lineup. I need somebody that's willing to get dirty. I need somebody that, you know, if we're facing a tough team, if we're facing a building there, you know, if we're going with classic teams, <laughs> we're facing a Kevin Garnett, you never know. We need somebody that's willing to get in there get in somebody's face and, you know, maybe throw an elbow or two if they have to.
1: I dig it. I dig it, Mace. You know, you 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 boxing me on Orthodox tonight. I'm surprised. I like it, and this is definitely gonna be something that people will talk about. I already I can already hear the questions that I'm gonna have to answer behind your five. I, people are gonna be like, yo, this guy's picked braun at point over magic and and, and Ron Metal World Peace as Small forward. What is he talking about? I already hear it. But that's what we do here. We we speak facts on the gray area. So if you if you have an issue with it, you can holla at me, you can highlight at Mace without ask the question based on what Mason said, find a lie. For me, I went all the way back in time. I went back to the 60s. You know what I mean? I feel like this man, and shout out to Anthony Mullen. He he, he brought it up on a different show. Shout out to the sports hit list. Uh, that Elgin Baylor doesn't get the flowers and the love he deserves because the Lakers didn't win the championship during his time. But the man was the prototypical small forward before Dr. J., and for me, I went back into the relics and I decided to go with the 1962-1963 Elgin Baylor who averaged nearly 35 a night. I think he pulled down 15 boards. I had about four assists along to go with that. So just to give Elgin his flowers and the fact that he was truly a dominating force at a time at a position that the NBA was not fully prepared for. I felt like it was only right. He comes to all these games. He'll get a little little love in the crowd, but he doesn't have a media job. He does we don't we don't see the highlight packages. We don't got, we don't have the shrine to say, I right, shout out to Elgin Baylor or or, or like Elgin Baylor Day on NBA TV. It's not enough love for Elgin Baylor. Jerry West got the logo. Can Elgin Baylor get something else? You know what I mean? Can we get more love for Elgin? So he's on my five, Mason.
0: I'm not mad at that pick. Just like you say, Elgin Baylor doesn't get the love he deserves. I mean, before his knee injuries, we all love Jerry West, Mr. Pledge, the, clutch, the mm-hmm. logo. Before his knee injuries, Elgin Baylor was the man on that team. El- uh, Jerry West was his sidekick. And I don't mean that it is the derogatory way West. But that's just showing the impact that Elgin Baylor made. Just like you say, he had a 35-point season. I believe the season before he had a thirty eight point season. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people point to him as the precursor to the Dr. J's, the MJ's, the Kobe's, the LeBron as a player who not only can do his thing on, on, on the ground, but can get in the sky, he could give you a layup or two, he can you might even dunk one. I've seen some old footage from Elgin Baylor and it looked a lot more modern than you think. Yeah. But I will point to this. Uh, you say he doesn't get the respect he deserves, and I agree with that. But it could possibly be the fact that he was general manager for the Clippers True. for so many years, and that stench of the Clippers mm. is a little stuck on him. You, you know what I mean? Ops, that might be you right,
1: it. You're right. You went to the ops, and you know how that goes. When you when you stand I, as a Met fan, I understand when you're a Yankee and you go to the Mets, you lose some of that gloss. There's no shade. I love the Mets, but I understand the rules. Them's be the rules. Um, so I'm gonna be honest with you, Mace. I kind of struggled with the power forward position because James Worthy is an all-time great, but he was kind of ahead of his time as far as being a swingman. He could play the three, he could play the four. And and uh, while he was on the Showtime Lakers and had dominating moments, it began and it ended with cap and magic. So I was like, I struggle with this. So I said, you know, this is where I would go into flower giving yet again. It, it, and it's not like my team is going to be sorry But I feel like this guy, especially now as time goes along, like people kind of forget about him. It's like you have to mention his name in order for people to remember that he really was that good. So I'm going to go with... Again, shout out to the 08-09 Lakers. I'm going with Pau Gasol because people will talk about his failure in the 07-08 finals before they talk about the fact that he showed the hell up the following season and put in a lot of work. Damian, 19-11 and night at, at one point top three at his position in the league. Without question, there was there was not even a doubt that Pau was one of the best power fours in the league at a certain point. So for me, I'm going to get at to him. And, and also because there were times where when things bogged down for the Lakers and Cole couldn't get off. Powell bailed us out. So I'm going to get at the Powell. 08-09, Powell Gasol.
0: I'm not mad at that pick. Powell, the godfather himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, Powell, you know, he kind of saved us when you think about it. Once he came to the team, our fortunes changed. Three straight finals, two championships. 09, he he pretty much locked up Dwight Howard. 2010, he redeemed that demons of 08. Mm Mm-hmm. Got back okay. at Kevin Garnett in a spectacular fashion, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I'm not mad at that pick. But me, myself, I'm going to go a little more modern. Okay. While it was a difficult choice, just like you say, and, and you know, on a lot of these old time people like to cheat. You put a second center in the power forward position, especially when it comes to the Lakers, since we have so many great centers to mm-hmm. choose from. But again, I'm going to have to go 2020. I'm going to have to go with AD Anthony Davis. The man who put up the best, uh, I guess you could say, second option performance since uh, 2001 Kobe Bryant in the playoffs. I mean, he played spectacular on offense, on defense. There were points where I thought Anthony Davis was the best player on the Lakers this season, and, and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, It was tough to go against my guy, Powell. I mean, I remember conversations that we had at one point where you thought he was the best big man in the league. And I disagreed. I thought it was Tim Duncan. Mm -hmm, But the mm -hmm. fact that it was an argument at that point is saying something about Pau Gasol, his ability, his impact on winning, which people don't speak about. And uh, let's hope that this season we get our stuff together and we decide to retire his number. But I'm gonna have to go with Anthony Davis myself. Twenty twenty here, I mean it's the only season he's played for us.
1: Bro, you 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 win, you were all the action, be Like <laughs> I'm out here handing out flowers and you are like, you know what? Forget that. I'm, I'm I'm gonna give names that I know could dominate and help me win games. That's fine, Mace. That's fine. <laughs> all right, so boom. You're Senna. Talk to me, bro. Who you got?
0: When we're talking about Senna, I mean we're talking about the Lakers. you had the cream of the crop i mean whether we're talking about the 50s the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s the 20s the 2000s i'm sorry not the 20s the 2000s i mean the 2020s 2010s there was a little bit of a drought yeah but i mean we've had such good fortune for so long i mean you know you can't be mad but me myself, I'm going to have to go with the most dominant center of all time, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, man. Now his three-run, his three-season run, especially in the finals from 2000 to 2002. I mean, 38 a game in, in 2000, 33 a game in, in 2001, 36 in 2002. I mean, just dominance on a level that we haven't seen since and we might have never seen before. I mean, Will Chamberlain definitely dominated during the season, but by the time he got to us, by the time he was a Laker, he was primarily primarily a defensive force. Mm. Uh, scoring in the teens, putting up high scoring games when he need be, but he wasn't the force that he needed to be. And while I love Cap, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, he... You know, once Magic got here, I feel like it's more Magic's team than his. But Shaq, he was smack dab in the middle of his prime. Most dominant player ever. And I'm going to have to go with the 2001 version. Uh, the one that went up against the Kembe McCumbo and just dominated in the finals. I mean, what more can you say about Shaq? He made defensive player of the year look like he wasn't even a good defender. He made... He was a man amongst boys out there. And I'm going to have to go
1: with Shaq as my center. Damn. Well, I knew at some point we would agree. And here we are. It has to be Shaq. You know, I have the 99-2000 Shaq because I felt like that was the Shaq that we should have been getting year in and year out. 30, basically, 29.7 a game, 30 a night. Basically, 30 and 13 a night. We should have been getting that from Orlando. And somehow, some way. Phil Jackson lands in Tinseltown. He whispers that triangle talk in Shaq's ear. The only season that Kobe embraced being Kobe, uh, being Pippen ever was 99-2000. He was the true version of Pippen out of all the five championships. So when you say second option, the only time I agree to that is 99-2000. He was Pippen. He ran the offense. He was a defensive stopper, and he got a bucket when he needed a bucket. He was Scotty Pippen that year because Shaq, 30-13, and 13, still had his athleticism, still cared about working out, and was throwing it on everybody. And then when you got to the corpse of Rick Smith in the finals, forget about it. Like Shaquille O'Neal, the Diesel, Superman, he was everything as advertised in that season from game one all the way through to the finals. So it has to be Shaq. And I always say this, any team that has Shaq and Kobe on it, unbeatable, greatest one-two punch ever. So of course Shaq and Kobe had to be on this team. But now, you know, we're going to take it to the bench. You know, some people could just load their rosters up, you know, and, and and just throw names at you and throw different seasons at you. But we're thinking about building a team that can win, that has some chemistry as well, right? So my sixth man is going to be the 2010-2011 sixth man of the year, Lamar Odom. A guy who, if there was ever a guy who was super talented, but knew to play his role and was so happy to be within that role and made it work 110% to, to the point of high-level success, Lamar Odom doesn't get enough credit for that. He came to LA and knew what his role was dating back to the 0 5 6 season, and he mastered it by the time the Lakers were winning championships, and he became a graduate-level student when he was a six-man of the year in 2010-2011. Lucky lefty, bro. It gotta be him for me, six-man. That's
0: a great choice, y'all. I'm not mad at it. I mean, just like you say, Lamar is one of the only players that immediately came to the Lakers after Shaq left and stayed throughout the championships. Mm-hmm. Six men in the year. I mean, he can do everything on the court. He's he's the unsung hero of those uh, three championship Lakers team. In the 2011 season, you are talking about, was his best season. He didn't even make the finals that season. So he, he really had a Great one as a Lakers, you know, people don't talk about it. We talk about Kobe, of course, we talk about Powell. even Minam gets them pub. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, you know what Lamar meant to that team. And even in the Mamba Mentality book that Kobe put out, he mentioned about how Lamar was kind of the glue that held that team together. So when you're talking about chemistry as well as ability on the court, I don't see, I'm not mad at that thing. Hello, good choice.
1: Talk to me, Mace, So you got?
0: Me, myself, you know, I loaded my my, my starting lineup, you know, and when we're talking about six men, it's, it's tough, you know. Do you want to go with a scorer off the bench? Do you want to go with a facilitator? You know, do you want a guy who just, you know, motivates his teammates? And since I didn't put him in the starting lineup, I went with, Magic Johnson, 1986-1987 okay, okay. MVP version mm. as my sixth man. I mean, uh, why pick a position when they can play them all? You know, I mean, Magic, you know, the accolades speak for themselves, the ability speaks for itself. And, you know, when we talk about the dip fortune that we're experiencing now, we kind of all started with Magic.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the bus family version of success Magic is the one. I mean, he's that guy.
0: I, I I could bring him in. I could I believe he scored twenty three, about twenty four points a game. If I want to put him on the post, he can. He can score. But obviously, he's the best passer of all time. He can run the show. Great leader. You know, even if he's just on the bench waving towels, oh, Magic yeah. knows how to motivate his guys. He knows how to be a team player. He knows how to take over when he needs to.
1: Alright, so talk to me now. Your seventh man, who you got? You know, there's a lot of people
0: who I the shows here, but just like you say, I'm gonna go with Pau Gasol. Oh, okay, uh, okay. You chose the 2009 version, I'm gonna go with the 2009-2010 version. Okay. I feel like that was a season where he redeemed himself for, you know, the quote-unquote soft play that he displayed in the 08 season. Uh-huh. A lot of people even like to argue that he might have been the 2010 Finals MVP. They gotta relax. I'm not one of those people, but it just shows, you know, the type of impact he made on that game. I mean, game 70 out, rebounding Kevin Garnett by about 14 boards, <laughs> you know. He was tough. He, he brought it that season. He, he you know, he had already won his championship. He already gained the confidence that he needed to when he came into that season. You know, of course, the second option, but willing to step up when need be. There was a stretch that season. I believe in February, March, when Kobe went out with an injury and we didn't lose that many games. You know, Kyle was our top player. You know, you could run it through the post. Kyle's IQ was amazing. You know he's a team player. Everybody loves him. So I'm going to go with the 29 2010 powder Gasol as my seventh man. If you will, on this Lakers all-time scene.
1: All right. So we are gonna go back to the 86-87 season for my seventh man. I'm going with the legendary defensive player of the year because you need that dog off the bench. Michael Cooper. Like to me, the team is not complete without Coop running a break. Finishing the break and defending your best wing player. Why not? Gotta be Coop, no? I'm not
0: mad at that. Coop, uh, one of the best defensive players of all time on mm-hmm. one of the greatest teams of all time. Unsung guy. Great athleticism. Could even play points sometimes magic when Magic went out of the game. People don't speak about that. He definitely mm-hmm. had point guard skills. He definitely had handles. More of an offensive threat than you would think, but you know, the Showtime Lakers were loaded with talent, so, you know, he didn't get to display it as much, but that is a great choice. We need a defensive stopper. We got we got Coop in the game. Uh, I, I like that choice.
1: I mean, I try, bro. I try. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I'm going to bring it home now. The eighth man, eighth and final player on our all-time Lakers team. Starting with me here, I have the 6970 version of Wilt Chamberlain still dominant 27 a night i believe he pulled in 14 boards along with that 27 and he was still a freak of nature and when the diesel comes out of the game you gotta still contend with will chamberlain what are you gonna do and the thing is he was ahead of his time graceful honestly when i see ad i see a lot more wilt it's like if if tim duncan and will had a baby it's, it's Anthony Davis. As far as how he moves on the floor, the grace, the modernness of his game, but the futuristic nature of his game, I I see a lot of that in Anthony Davis, and I felt like Wilt was ahead of his time. He dominated. He won as a Laker, and I need some scoring off the bench every now and again. So why not? So that for me, the eighth man, Wilt Chamberlain, 1969-70. Uh,
0: Wilt is legendary in so many ways. Wilt is a guy that we almost have to Take his records out. You know what I mean. We, we we talk about records besides Will. I mean, just like you say, futuristic. One of the most athletic players ever. You know, could pretty much do anything on a basketball court in his time. You know, it's like the league in points. It's like the league in rebounds. It's like the league in assists. Uh, I mean, what will? What, what couldn't Will do? So I'm not mad at that choice. But I will say this: when you said 6970, I was a little Afraid that you might have picked my choice. Ah. Uh, but I'm going to go with the 6970 Jerry West. The logo. Uh, the logo himself. <laughs> I mean, you know, I want a perimeter threat. I want a guy who's going to hit shots. I want a guy who's going to lock down people. People don't talk about Jerry West on the defensive end. When you talk about that mold of the MJ, of the Kobe, of that two-way wing, who could not only score 30 on you but lock you up when need be Jerry West might have been the prototype uh so I'm gonna go with the 69-70 version of Jerry West I mean he's got a bunch of great seasons but uh he averaged over 31 last season he averaged over 7 assists gave you the same production in the playoffs uh you know, and if, if we're talking some sort of strange season, Jerry West is kind of the guy who got all of these guys together. So they're all going to hold a certain respect oh, yeah. for the logo of Jerry West when we get this team together.
1: All right. So, my question to you now, Mace we got our eight players. So, I'll run the list down real quick for, for our listeners just to catch them up before we get into the next topic. I have 84 85 Magic, 0809 Kobe. 62 63 Elgin Baylor 0809 Powell Gasol 99 2000 Shaq my sixth man is 10-11, Lamar Odom seventh man is 86 87 Michael Cooper and the eighth man is 69 70 Will Chamberlain who's your team
0: now my team is the uh 2019 20 LeBron James at the point guard the 2002 03 Kobe at the shooting guard mm. the 2009 2010 meta World Peace at my three, the 2019-20 Anthony Davis at my four, the 2001 Shaq at my center, the 86-87 Magic as my sixth. My next is the 2009-2010 Power Gasol, and to round out my team, I'm going with the 69-70 Jerry West.
1: I don't know. Your team might bust my team ass, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at these names, and I'm like, I might get ran off the floor. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. But my question to you now, Mace, who's coaching your group?
0: You know, this is where we kind of put it all together, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to 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 cook the meal right. You Can't just have the right ingredients. And see. There's so many to choose from. I won't go through it, but I will say there's so many to choose from. But when you're talking about coaches, I gotta go with Gene Zen master. Ah. Bill Jackson. I mean, <laughs> a, a, a manager of egos, a man who had a game plan, uh, knew what he wanted to do when he went on to the court or not when he went on to the court but when he sent his guys on to the court and in my opinion the greatest coach in nba history i'm gonna have to go with phil it was a tough choice but phil is my guy
1: well i was hoping you picked pat riley i'm not gonna lie to you because i have phil jackson High chief triangle too People try to, as time goes along, it's a lot of people who foolishly try to front on Phil Jackson and say he's not the GOAT coach because he coached Kobe, Shaq, and MJ, and Pippen. Listen, at the end of the day, he had to coach... Three dynamic personalities and one slightly less dynamic personality in Scottie Pippen and get them to play together and win. And I and I rank his Lakers championships, to, the first three with Shaq and Kobe, Hyde and the Jordan championships, because you had two volatile personalities that you found a way to get those two guys to work together long enough to win three out of four. That's why I always say I'll take Shaq and Kobe over and any two, because... These guys didn't really get along like that. They they were co-workers in the greatest sense of the form, but they got along just enough to win championships, and they didn't just skate by, they dominated. So for, for Phil Jackson to know how to push the buttons, I was just watching all the smoke, and even Ron Artest was talking about that. Phil knew what to say to each and every one of his players, even even uh the host of uh, All the Smoke. What is his name again? He uh, he's on the Lakers, Matt Barnes. He co signing it because he was a part of that group that understood that Phil, if it was a 12-man team, Phil had something to say to each and every one of those guys to know how to activate them. And that is a coaching skill in and of itself. It's not always about X's and O's. Even little things like when, when we be up 15 and, and the team are going a 13-2 run and Phil would just sit there with a smirk on his face. And every other coach would call a timeout, but Phil would just sit there and let the team figure it out. And what would they do? Figure it out. So Phil is the goal. All of you guys saying differently... Stop.
0: Please stop. People love to be contrarians. And when we're dealing with a team with legends, with MVPs, with GOAT candidates, with all stars, I mean, the only guy who I know is going to get everybody on the same page, who's going to let everybody know where they need to be, what they need to do, and how they need to do it, it's Phil. I mean, Kobe swears by him. MJ swears
1: by him. Uh, Who am I to say any better? (laughs) exactly oh but they'll say it's Popovich I mean Popovich is a great but he's not Phil bro no he's not Phil so I have one final question for you before we get out of here we're gonna bring a full circle with LeBron James so it's funny that you put him on your all-time Lakers five because I have a question as far as the Lakers Mount Rushmore goes with this championship And LeBron's cachet already in the league. He has one of the highest Q ratings of all time. You can say top three as far as Q ratings. It's MJ, it's Kobe, it's LeBron, and then Magic like right below, in my opinion. I could be wrong on that. But my question to you is, and my general question is, is LeBron going to be on that Lakers Mount Rushmore when it's all said and done, or is he just going to be another all-time Laker great?
0: You know, uh, recency bias Mm -hmm. may tend to have people put him in the non-rush more. But me, myself, I can't put him on. Uh, He's the best player in the league. Uh, He's not my goal, but if he's your goal, I'm not upset at you. You know, he's had an incredible career. You know, there's nothing that he can't do on the basketball court. But let's put it like this. Shaq had three three finals MVPs with three championships and an MVP. And he's not even on my Mount Rushmore. So he would have to surpass that resume to even be kind of nipping at the heels of who's on my Mount Rushmore. So, you know, for the pure fact that he's up there and he is, this his 17th year, or mm-hmm. it was his 17th year. He's going into his 18th year that we recently found out is going to be on December 22nd. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, don't, I just don't see with the mileage, with the years, I don't see him being able to put together a resume on the Lakers that could put him on the Mount Rushmore. It's not about ability, it's just about his resume there you go. as a Laker, and I don't think that he can make it.
1: I agree. I think that, let's say he wins three straight, hypothetically speaking. Then we gotta start having conversations, right? But if it's just one championship, and, and, and albeit a, a great championship when you consider the variables at play, people want to talk asterisk talk, I think it's ridiculous. This is one of the hardest championships to win considering all things involved. Bringing the Lakers back to prominence, winning the championship, he's an all-time Laker great. I, You know what? 23 might go up just because of what he's done in two years, okay? that I'm willing to give him that. But if we're talking about the Laker Mount Rushmore... If it's just one ring in four years or maybe if he decides to stick around and end his career, I hope he doesn't because I I, I, I want out of the old superstar game. Kobe, <laughs> I love you, rest in peace, but I don't want to experience that again. You know what I mean? It was tough for the team. So let's say he's there for four years as a Laker, one championship, maybe two. I don't think that's enough for the Mount Rushmore, but I believe it's enough for 23 or six if he still decides to change his number to go up in the Raptors. Is that fair?
0: Absolutely, He's already got a finals MVP. He's already put together just like you said, a terrific season. One of the, you know, tougher seasons to ever win the championship. Not only because of the circumstances. We lost Kobe this year. You know, you don't want to keep bringing it up, but it's a fact. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm willing to put up his jersey right now as crazy as that sounds after <laughs> two seasons. That's the impact that I feel like this championship made, especially for where we've been for, you know the last few years so but just like you say uh, put his number up you know celebrate him you know love him but Mount Rushmore is a little bit different when it comes to the Lakers I mean this is a different type of Mount Rushmore
1: that's a fact so Mace, we are at the point of the episode where I ask my my guests to identify themselves identify and themselves. let the listeners know where they can find you on social media. Uh, uh you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you got going on, whatever sports takes you got. Where can they find Mace?
0: Hey, you can find me on IG on Twitter, Biff O'Malley, uh, B-I-F-F underscore O-M-A-L-L-E-Y. Uh, rest in peace to my brother Chet O'Hara <laughs> uh, you know so follow me you know DM me we can talk basketball we can talk you know we can talk music we can talk whatever you know I'm here but, you know hit me up that's where, you, that's where you can find me the Facebook is for the family so I can't give that out I'm sorry guys. that's a fact that's a fact
1: I, I didn't realize you peeped that I had to bury Chet O'Hara it was a great run though but it was time man
0: hey you know Chet, brother of this, you know what I mean? I'm going to miss him. But all things must come to an end, bro. Right?
1: That's a fact. That's a fact, brother. Mace, I appreciate you. We've done it once again. All-Hood Pass team, not a Lakers, all-time lineup. Man, we got classics, bro. I
0: mean, it's appropriate. I mean, we getting on here and we talking Lakers. Why not? I mean, we've been talking Lakers for about 11 years now. I don't want to age us. You know, we still young <laughs> men out here. But we've been, talking, we've been talking about the Lakers for
1: a minute. That's so a fact. Let's
0: record it. Brother. Get the world here. Why not?
1: You're going to be back on when the season starts because we're we going to do that, that imaginary players episode. I'm going to bring that back. We're doing that.
0: Oh, you imaginary players? Yes. I feel you. We can do that. What's the difference between the PG and the AD? about two to three championships you
1: feel know? it beat it <laughs> yo mace i'm gonna holla at you bro i right, say care y'all it was good to be back yes sir ladies and gentlemen another episode chapter 70 of the gray area in the books and as the saying goes
0: whether you like it or don't like it sit down and look at it because it's the best going today Woo! Perfect!